0: We have, uh, the lesson this morning is on the uh, lessons from the fall of Jericho, and of course that's a very familiar Old Testament uh, uh, story. And uh, Jericho was the first city that uh, Israel had to face and defeat when they went into the promised land. There are many things, and of course many, uh, all of the Old, lesson, old, old Testament stories uh, give us uh, insight. Uh, to God and to how what he demands of his people and uh, how they uh, How he reacts to their service to him and so we can learn a lot about God and what what God wants of us So that's what we'll that's our uh, purpose this morning Of course God had promised the uh, land uh, the promised land to Abraham and to his descendants and um it wasn't until after God, many, many years after Abraham, that God delivered his people from Egypt, the bondage of Egypt, and led them to the promised land. And of course, with a great show of power and deliverance. Uh, and. Um, So Moses led them uh, over to the promised land, and uh, Moses uh, sent 12 spies into the land to spy it out, and uh, that was a, a, a spy for each of the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel. And they came back with a a glowing report after 40 days of looking over the land. They they came back and even had samples of the the great fruit that uh, the land bore and they said, indeed it is a land that flows with milk and honey. But they also said, there's giants in the land and the cities are fortified or walled, the King James says. And he says, "Uh, we're like grasshoppers in the sight of these people. And so all of the people followed these uh, spies, the 10 of the 12 spies, there were two, Caleb and Joshua who said, no, we can go in there. God brought us here. God wants us to have this land and we can go and, and take it. And they were nearly stoned. The people almost stoned Joshua and Caleb uh, uh, for their report. So they, they got onto the side of the 10, tribe, uh, the 10 uh, spies, and their pessimistic view and of course god was not pleased uh, to say the least god was not happy in fact it took the intercession of moses to save the people because god said i'll destroy them and i'll raise up people through you but moses interceded, and god so god uh, held back his wrath but he still punished them he would not allow these people to enter into the promised land and he sent them back into the wilderness and for 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness until all of those people uh, of, of age perished in the wilderness. And, you know, this is really a, uh, this is really a, a lesson uh, for us. And uh, the Bible talks about us being in the wilderness, essentially, and they being an example to us of what we should not do. You know, we live in this uh, world of trials and, and, and uh, temptations, a test, if you will. And we must be faithful. We must keep our faith up. Uh, they perished in the wilderness because of their lack of faith. And that's what the scripture says here. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion, in the day of the trial in the wilderness. Where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works forty years. Therefore I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And then in chapter four and 11, he said, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest lest anyone fall according to the same example of unbelief. They fell and perished because of unbelief. We can too, and we need to be careful not to follow their example. And we're to exhort one another and encourage one another along our way so that we do not lose uh, faith God commissioned uh, Joshua and uh, I'd like to read all of this uh, uh, verse here uh, uh, because uh, this is really this is interesting really a lesson in this uh, reading here (laughs) I'm looking at the board it looks like I have a lot more on my page than on the board after the death of Moses, of course, Moses, Moses too was not allowed to enter into the Promised Land. Moses was a faithful uh, servant of God, but he had sins too, and because of his sins, uh, God didn't allow him to enter into the Promised Land. Moses died before they went in. Moses went up to Mount, uh, uh, Mount uh, Morab, Nebo, Mount Nebo, and uh, there he. Was able to see across Jordan and see the Promised Land at least, but uh, he died there on the mountain, and uh, Joshua took over the lead, uh, the reins of leading the people into the Promised Land. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And you shall observe to do according to all that it is written. For when you will make your way, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Uh, that, that's a lengthy reading, I know. But the point is that God told Joshua just what he's telling us, what we need to follow. And uh, Joshua would prosper where in, in everything he did if he kept the law. If he kept following God, kept God's uh, law in his heart and mind, meditated upon it, uh, God would be with him and bless him. And uh, we see constantly that proven. And uh, with, J- with Joshua, Joshua was a really remarkable uh, leader. Uh, he, he was a great leader. And... Um, There's some things in this lesson, really, that I I really hadn't uh, noticed uh, before. But here, God commissions him and and commands him keep my law, and I'll be with you, and I'll lead you, and you'll you'll have success if you'll do just that. Joshua sent spies into into Jericho. And there's the rest of that verse. I was wondering where that was. <clears throat> um, Joshua spent two spies into into Jericho, and they went in. They looked over the city, and it was uh, it was a uh, they saw the city, and they lodged in the in the house uh, uh, of a uh, harlot named Rahab. Now the people, uh, the officers, or uh, the uh, maybe the police. Or the uh, the uh, uh, officials, anyway, of the city found out that that they were there. And they, they came to Rahab's house to find them. And uh, she uh, hid them. She hid them in, in straw, flax uh, uh, straw, which was up on the roof. And uh, people came and knocked on the door, said, we want those men who came into your house. And she said, oh, they, they've already left. And if you hurry, you might catch them. And so uh, they, the, the officers left and went, went after the, uh, the Israelites. And she went up and spoke to them, said, yeah, you stay here for a little while and then you can go and you'll be safe. But promise me that, uh, that uh, you will, when you come, promise me that you will protect us. She says to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the uh, the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in any one. Because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. You know, it struck me that to hear a stranger knew and believed in the God of Israel, what happened to the Israelites? When they came to the promised land, what happened to them? They were witnesses, eyewitnesses of all that God did for them. Here she just heard the story. And now all the people of the land, they have no strength to fight. Uh, They have lost uh, their will to fight because they know that the God of the Israelites are there and they will come and and be victorious. So um, here's another uh, verse, uh, which is uh, these verses here, uh, God, uh, Jesus, it's, uh, it's understood, appears to Joshua. Now, we know that Jesus had work in the Old Testament. Uh, he, he said to be the rock which followed them in the wilderness. And here, uh, Joshua worships this uh, uh, being. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked and behold a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as commander of the armies of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face on the earth, to the earth and worshiped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandals off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. That that was very interesting to me. I I hadn't noticed that verse before. But uh, here Joshua sees uh, uh, the Lord uh, and speaks to the Lord, uh, commissions him. And here he gives him further instructions about what he is to do when he comes to Jericho and how they will, they will uh, fight the battle uh, of Jericho. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all your men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you do six days. And the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. So this is, uh, the, 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 uh, jo- Joshua was given the instructions of what he's to do. And uh, they, they uh, basically do that. Uh, uh, Jericho, again, was the, the first city they encounter uh, as they go into the promised land. And it's a very large and a fortified city. It has walls, and the archeologists say that this wall was 14 feet thick. So it's uh, a very fortified, of course, with that wide of a, a wall. They could have armament all of, uh, around the top of the wall, and uh, so it was very secure. And certainly, the spies who were who had uh, uh, scoped this out before, the twelve spies, they saw this and saw how well fortified the cities were, and so that's why they were they were faint-hearted. But there's a different story and a different, uh, a different, uh, now, uh, attitude going in here because with Joshua's leadership, they're trusting in the Lord and they have faith and confidence that they will, uh, will be victorious. And, and the Lord gives him that confidence as well. So they do, they do just what, uh, just what the Lord, uh, says and, um, and they conquer the city, uh. They, of course, as the, the Lord had instructed them, they go in and they, for six days, they go to the city and the, the priests are walking. There's a, there's a company of soldiers in front of the ark. And then there's the priest with the ram's horn. Then there's the ark of the Lord. And then there's another company of soldiers. And they go in and all of the army of uh, Israel marches around the city and they're blowing the trumpets one time. And then the next day, they do the same thing. For six days, they do that. The seventh day, they march around the city seven times. And I imagine there were, well, there had to be thousands of uh, soldiers. In fact, I read uh, uh, earlier, uh, you know, some of the the tribes stayed on the other side of Jordan. I think there were two or three. Of those tribes, there was 40,000 soldiers who went to help them conquer the land. So of just those, there were 40,000, and then the uh, the soldiers of all the others, thousands, tens of thousands of soldiers circling the city, marching around the city. And to do that seven times, I'm sure, took a long time. And I imagine, I, I just imagine it took most of the day. But on the seventh day, when they stopped and have done it the seventh times, they stopped, and they blow the trumpets the priests blow the trumpets long and then all the people shout and the walls fall down and they they advance onto the city from all uh point, points around the city straight ahead and conquer the city you know that's a it's an interesting uh, story and of course uh, we believe these things are are true uh, I read some things you know uh, uh, in um, The encyclopedia, Bible encyclopedia, that gave reasons why the wall fell, but we know it just fell by the power of God. One point was that the the soil was soft. You know, we have some trouble here with earthquakes, and you have to have a very good foundation, and you can't build on top of of new earth. You have to dig down to to the solid uh, earth. uh, I think it's called liquefaction. When there's, a, when there's an earthquake, the soft soil becomes softer and, and liquid like, and stuff just sinks right down into it. And they say that the soil there was like that. But certainly the, tr- the tramping of the feet and the shouting and the trumpet blasting would not be enough to shake the earth to cause the, the uh, walls to, to fall and to, and to be destroyed. It took the power of God. And this is a great miracle And, and this is the, this is the way of God and God demonstrated that he was the victor for them, not by anything they did, but he was the victor. And, you know, the Bible's plain that uh, God's ways are not man's ways. Uh, it, it teaches us that very well. And Isaiah says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are, my, are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's really demonstrated in the, in the victory over, over Jericho. What, what soldier or what uh, general would devise this plan? Uh, to, to do all of that they did to, to conquer the city and to make the, the walls fall down. Nobody. Men have other ideas. They might encircle the city and, and, uh, and you know, uh, keep uh, kind of quarantine it and let the people, people uh, in the city starve because they can't get provisions like the Romans did Jerusalem. Uh, they, they surrounded Jerusalem and, and the people were starving to death. Because they couldn't get provisions. That's man's ways. But this is God's ways. And so God's ways are different than man's ways. We can't devise the way to come to God. God has devised that. We must get that instruction from God. To know how he would want us to approach him. And serve him. It's really illustrated in in, uh, baptism. Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> I've got this in the wrong spot. I added this later, um, and so um, I have to skip that and come to that later. We'll—I'll probably just read it from the book. Novel thing. <laughs> uh, no, the teachings of baptism are so plain. They—they um, uh, are, they are so plain that you wonder how people can miss it, but people want to miss it. They can't get around the idea that, uh, that uh, uh, God requires us to do something. You know, the children of Israel had to do something. God was going to win them the victory. He promised them that, but they had to do something, and they just had to obey him. Jesus said about baptism, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Acts 22 and 16, Paul is reiterating or retelling the story of his uh, conversion and what Ananias told him. He said, And now why are you tarrying? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Acts 2 and 38 Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's it's just hard to see how people could miss it. We see the examples we're studying in Acts again and again. People are baptized when they are converted. That's part of their uh, uh, obedience to Christ because that was his command to believe and be baptized. This is about remission from uh, Acts 2 and 38, the the term there. Thayer says release as from bondage, uh, uh, imprisonment, forgiveness, pardon of sins properly, the letting them go as if they had not been committed. Remission of their penalty. That's Thayer's definition of the word remission. Vine says, uh, denotes redemption. A price of release in Hebrews 11 and 35 it is translated deliverance usually the release is affected by the payment of a ransom or the required price you know uh, here Peter says when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah he is talking about uh, Noah and how the people were saved at the time of Noah by water. He says, uh, while the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is eight souls were saved by water, the like will figure whereinto even baptism does also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. People say, oh, you believe in water salvation. Well, the scripture says we're saved by water. Because we're, we're obeying, we must obey. That's the command, to obey. He says, for the remission of sins. Now, um, the, the little term for there is uh, defined down below. Uh, they dismiss this by saying your sins are already, uh, uh, the denominations that, that dismiss baptism, that baptism's not essential. They say your sins are already forgiven. You're baptized because of, they say, uh, remission of sins. But that's not what that term means. It's not used that way anywhere else. Uh, this is the uh, Young's literal translation of Acts 2 and 38. And Peter said unto them, Reform and be baptized, each of you in the name of Jesus Christ, to remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There says, Uh, with the primary idea of motion into any place or thing, also of motion to, direction to, toward or upon any place or thing. The antithesis, uh, antithesis is expressed by ek, out of. The opposite of this term is out of. So this is into or for the remission of sins. You know, people will do anything. And as the Bible says, they will twist or rest the scriptures to suit themselves or to their own destruction. Uh, to make it say what they want. To dismiss themselves or because they don't want to be baptized. They don't want to say that you need to do anything. The Bible says we must do something. Here we go. Here's that where I wanted to use that verse. And, uh, James, the second chapter he says thus also faith by itself does not have works faith by itself if it does not have works is dead but someone will say you have faith and I have works show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works You believe there is one God, you do well, even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works. And not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works. When she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead also. Rahab she was saved by her works. Uh, and, uh, and so will we. And uh, so the only time that the Bible ever says anything about faith without works is when it says we're not saved by faith without works. So we must work uh, works of righteousness. The power of God. The co- the power of God is made manifest in this story. Um, you know, it's obviously was God's power which uh, brought down those walls, and uh, uh, that uh, was that was really a a uh, uh, a demonstration for them. Certainly, a boast, a, a boost for their uh, confidence and going forward and, and, and conquering other battles. Uh, you know, you, you look about and you can see the power of God and we, we've recently heard the uh, lessons which brought that out, that God is manifest in his creation. You look at the solar system, the vastness of uh, space and, and it's just hard to, to take it all in, but God created all that. God spoke it into existence. This world and uh, the nature, our bodies you know michael fox uh, years ago before he left here uh gave me a book which was called uh, we are fearfully and wonderfully made and it talks about our, our the human body and the complexity of it and it goes into you know the science of it and the, uh, and all of that it's very interesting but it proves the, uh, that, uh, the, you know, the infinite uh, wisdom and knowledge or power of God that created it. Things that, that, the, the, that men are still learning and can't understand. My point is that all of this is God's, a manifestation of God's power. And so we must rely on that. We must rely on the power of God to to face our enemies, the enemies of the faithful, the enemies of righteousness. Here it says, uh, we do not wrestle uh, against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. How can we face that? How could we battle that without the power of God? Take therefore, uh, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. To withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. That's what we need. To face evil and to face temptation or trials or, uh, you know, persecution. uh, To go on about our daily living, we need the power of God. Romans uh, 1 and 16 says it's the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel. Remember what God, uh, what the, uh, what, what God told uh, Joshua? keep this in your heart and in your, and in your mind and, and you'll be successful. And we will too. Obedience. Again, the children of Israel were successful because of faith, Hebrews 11 and 30. They, they were successful against the, the walled city of Jericho because of their faith. Uh, we will be too because of our faith. We will be victorious. If we have, uh, we access the the grace of God through our faith and obedience. Matthew 7 and 24. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will like him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But whoever, uh, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. It'd be a real loss. A great loss. If in the end we don't make it. Wouldn't it? We will make it if we hear the sayings of the Lord and do them, are faithful in them, faithful in obeying them. But if we do not, it'll be a terrible, terrible loss. Jesus obeyed. You know, uh, people that, uh, and it's a predominant uh, teaching. That you you are saved by faith only. That's predominant in the denominational world. Jesus had to obey. Jesus obeyed too. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Jesus obeyed God and he set that example as we should obey. 1 John uh, 2 and 3. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. By obeying him we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walks. Jesus set the example, and as Jesus walked, so should we. You know, um, they had a problem, uh, the Israelites. They had a problem. Uh, They were told uh, not to take anything from the city. Everyone was to be destroyed, everyone and every creature, all the animals, all the people were to be destroyed and burned and all the possessions of the land were to be destroyed. He says there, Joshua is telling the people and warning them you by and you by all means abstain from the accursed thing, lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold, the vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So that was their warning. They were not to take anything. Even the the gold and silver, silver, that was uh, to be given to the Lord and and used in the Lord's house. But someone, Achan, took a a nice garment, a Babylonian garment, and uh, some gold, and he hid it in his tent. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the the son of uh, Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Uh, The children of Israel had to fight. The next battle was against a smaller uh, uh, group. A, I think it's pronounced. It's spelled A-I, so I don't know if it's A or I. But they they had to fight them and they were just a small group. So they said, well, everybody doesn't have to go out against this small uh, group and it'll be basically a cakewalk. But they were whipped. The armies of A whipped them and drove them away. And 36 men of Israel died. And Joshua was, of course, uh, tore up. He put on sackcloth and ashes and tore his clothes and prayed to God. And God basically said, get up, wash your your face. He said, the people have sinned. That's why you lost. He said, Israel has sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies but turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed thing. People had to die because of that that man's covetousness. And that was a punishment. God promised that would happen. And so God carries out his promises. Uh, they found it, they found, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, they found the tent that it was in and the man who had gotten it, it. He confessed. He, his family, and his children were killed. And his possessions and the garments he stole and the, the things that he had coveted, they were burned. And then God was again uh, uh, on the side of Israel. Yeah, um, what God promises, he'll, he'll perform. So, uh, you know, people think God's loving, and God is. The Bible says God is love, but God's also just. And he promises hell, eternal punishment. Some people won't believe that. They can't, God would not do that. God will. He promises. And as sure as there's a heaven, there's a hell. We can count on that. God God destroyed uh, 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 Jericho and uh, carried out his part and all the people uh, rushed in and destroyed uh, the city and all of the uh, uh, things of the city uh, with the edge of the sword. Uh, Then Joshua says to the two men, the two spies, he said uh, to the two men who had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house and from there bring out the woman and all that she has as you swore to her. And the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that she had. You know, her house was on the wall. She was saved. Her part of the wall didn't go. God uh, carries out his promises. She was to be safe because of her righteousness. And uh, she she was safe. Hebrews 11.31, by faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. And she had received, when, when she had received the spies with peace. She became the great grandmother of King David. I hope we can uh, learn some things um, from, these, from, these, from these lessons of the Old Testament. Uh, you know, uh, God has promises for the faithful, and he will carry out his promises. And uh, these verses are uh, just verses of encouragement because uh, God, uh, God does, uh, will, will, fulfill his promises, the promise of destruction or the promise of eternal uh, peace and, and life. Philippians 4 and 6 at the bottom there, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ.